On this week's Big Tech Show, when will cars safely drive themselves on our streets? And who in Ireland is providing the technology to help them do that? We talk to one of the country's biggest automotive autonomy entrepreneurs. I have BMW Drive Assist in my own vehicle and it is much, much safer because we are all prone to distraction, especially when we're on the motorway from Limerick to Dublin, for example. We've all been there where you actually forgot a whole section of the road. So I would say if you take it from a safety perspective and it does allow you to kind of relax. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's Rugby Podcast. I'm Will Slattery. Delighted to be joined remotely, as always, by Luke Fitzgerald. Luke, hello. Will, how are we? I'm doing well. Another week. We're, we're, we're pushing out the boat technologically this week. We went for a two-man video conference last week. I'm delighted to have a third person in this week. Jamie Heaston is on the line. Jamie, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, I'm welcome, lads. I, I feel honoured to be part of your um, your new technological technological breakthrough. Yeah, and we're happy. And we've got to, you're fairness, you're fairly au fait. You're always good with the techie, uh, the techie stuff. I was a little bit worried. I, I think it was no surprise that you were the first person I asked. I thought you'd be most comfortable with uh, <laughs> with getting online um, in terms of the platform. How, how are things, man? All good? All good, man. Well, considering that I spent 13 months working for uh, Google, and we pretty much had majority of our meetings on their version of Zoom, which is Google Hangout. Um, I'm more than comfortable with it. Um, so, but no, you don't have to plug them anymore, man. <laughs> they're, they're not my master anymore. Uh, but no, look, it's, it's interesting because a lot of people are, are obviously adjusting to um, working like at a distance like this and, and um, even doing, you know, if it's, if it's using Google Hangout or Zoom or that the new app, House Party, uh, these, these type of things to, to kind of stay in touch. People are getting used to it, but it's the new norm for the next while. But um yeah, in terms of working from home, it's uh, like I work from home most mornings in, in, um, in my current job and, and that, you know. It, it, has, of, it has its benefits. Yeah, as, <laughs> as, as you swing your glass of red there. Uh, I will pivot. I, I should pivot to my nice whiskey collection beside me here, but it, it, is, a, it is a weekday, so I'll, I'll hold off. Hold off, hold off. Yeah, Jamie, I guess when you were a player, you would have been you know, known for you know, really priding yourself in your professional approach to, to training and, and keeping in shape. Like, maybe if you put yourself in a player's mindset now, it's such an odd yeah. time for them. You know, they don't know when rugby might return now, to be fair. It's probably looking a couple of weeks or months away. But, you know, what, what will they be going through from that perspective to, to try to make sure that if they are called upon that they're still in somewhat decent shape it's a funny one I was actually chatting to Jack McGrath uh, yesterday and we were chatting about he was he was getting in touch with me about uh, a Watt bike he thought I'd gotten a Watt bike I, I did I actually got um, an assault bike and a ski erg into my house and I'd say my wife is is a little bit delighted that I'm not playing because I would have had um, a couple of pieces more pieces of kit and probably a, a full weight rack installed somewhere in this house um, just to just to be kind of well, just to use it as an excuse, if I'm honest. Um, but yeah, no talking to him. The thing about them is they they just don't know when. So 
when you're training, just like preseason, I think you, <clears throat> you kind of work back from when you need to get going and work back from when you're peaking as such. So it's very hard to, to know what level you got to stay at because you don't know when you have to peak. You don't know when you're getting back. You don't know when games are going to be. And, um, you know, the usual roadmap is, you know, um, I think it's usually what, Luke, it's about six to seven weeks nowadays or maybe eight weeks, depending on the player, of terms of when they play their, um, their sorry, when they start pre-season to play in their first game. So it's usually, if you incorporate the holidays, that's usually three months between finishing and, and, and playing. So they, but they don't have that, you know, they don't have that, that uh, kind of roadmap for them. And so that unknown, not knowing what you're training for um, on your own as well, not everyone is as uh, disciplined as they say they are. Although I'm sure a lot of people are being monitored through the various different devices that the guys use now um, just to stay on top of that. Um, Kitman Labs or, or something like that. Kitman Labs, possibly, <laughs> yeah. I know, like Jack was talking to me about Watt Bikes, and, and Watt Bikes are pretty cool because they can... Yeah you can use the app and the app sends all the information to the coaches and then the coaches can send sessions back to them uh, remotely. Um, so it's actually going to be quite interesting to see from a playing perspective um, what learnings they take away from this, maybe for the off-season for players so they don't have to come into the, into the, um, <clears throat> the, the group environment as early maybe as they, as they have been. Because let's be honest, lads, you know, the World Cup season, the lads started training uh, what start of June I believe yeah, yeah. and they were going to go to the end of June this season so this break is in a, in a, in a weird way it's um, it's uh, probably not the welcome break they were expecting or planning but um, it's very much when they look back might look back at it as a welcome break for their bodies yeah Luke, I think, it's a funny I think one. as well Will, we were just just to tie on uh, into that because I mean like Jamie was um, I think very well documented um, you know extremely professional um, put in a huge amount of effort and thought into his preparation but that's a key point about like what game like like how you um i suppose because there's kind of peaks and troughs in your training yeah. through 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 the season so like the guys won't know whether you know they're going back into a league game and in those league games not that you'd be in a trough at that period but you kind of be in a holding pattern kind of trying to stay fit trying to stay in a good position maybe doing strength training and then you kind of transition into like real power training, trying to you know, really peak for those big games. So you like shorter reps, more intense, but like shorter sessions and things like that. Um, so yeah, it's a really good point Jamie makes uh, it's, it's, about it's how like, they try to do that. It's you know? almost like, Luki, how, how, you know, they, they don't know how to manage the load and the trainers don't know how to manage their load of training. Yeah, so in yeah. those, let's say, not necessarily troughs, but let's say, you know, when, you, when I was mapping out a season and guys do this still, like, you kind of start the season, you build into Europe, uh, you kind of a bit of a drop down, build into Europe again, and then you're into November window, um, you know, and then you, then you kind of drop down, build into December uh, European Cup. And then depending if you're an international or not, you'll get your break or you'll be playing in the derbies. Then you build again into January, Six Nations. And then after that, it's knockout rugby. So it's anyone's bet. But like you manage your load in terms of training commitments. Are you going for a growth phase or are you you dialing that back down to peak in terms of, um, you know, just being, being at your optimum performance level. And also on top of that is like how you manage your, uh, the commercial stuff and the stuff off the field then as well. You know what I mean? And these are things that guys have to very much consider um, because as they'll see now, uh, you know, they're all having, everyone is having to realizing that maybe uh, exposure to the one source of income being your, your direct employer um, you know they have to think about the revenue streams now, and they're all getting affected now. So th these are all the things when they're playing that they probably didn't realise that 
very much are at the fore now. But let's hope that they're not all just playing bloody Fortnite or playing FIFA <laughs> or Championship Manager. And I have a funny feeling that the majority of them are and not using their time constructively. Yeah, and I suppose we talked about the physical, uh, you know, aspect of what they might be doing at the moment. You know, in terms of rugby, like, will like Stuart Lancaster be on Google Hangout or, or Zoom talking to them with like whiteboards, or That's will it be very? A a very good question, Will. I, I don't, you know what, I'm going to text him after this and go, what the <laughs> hell are you doing? Um, I try and meet him every, I'd say, I hope uh, once a quarter, maybe once every half a year, just to kind of catch up um, on what the trends are and stuff, because he's very much a student of the game. Um, but like, but what rugby have you got to be studying? Mm. This, this is the thing, like, I mean, when was the last game? Are we talking three weeks, four weeks? Yeah, oh, the end of February. They played Glasgow. Yeah. Played Glasgow at the end of February. I think Ulster might have played the following. Yeah, it was it was that weekend. So it was last weekend of February. You know what I mean? So we're we're like, there's not much they can look back on. Put it this way: in your, I wouldn't have watched rugby when I finished at the end of the season. We got the four week break. I don't know about Lukey, um, but I definitely would have. I would have stepped away from it completely. And maybe the guys are taking this as a welcome break. You know, a bit of respite, going back to their families or. It's been yeah. a long season though, Jamie, hasn't it? Yeah, it has, exactly. Yeah. It's been it's like they literally finished like they got three weeks off and they went into a World Cup training. You know what yeah. I mean? And it was with in Joe's camp as well, which is is intense, you know what I mean? And and then they would have come out of that and what, two weeks later they were playing again in, in Europe. So um like it, 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 the machine doesn't stop unless something like this, something big event stops it. And, the, and, and I, it, you know, if I'm a player, that's what I'd be looking at. I'd be going, right, reset for like 10 days, do nothing, let the body rest. If I have any niggles, let's go to work on that and then tip away with training because you can't really go hard. There's no point going hard. I, I think just eat well, rest well, use your time. Well. Yeah, like it's a good, it is. Like that's such a good point. Like I, I definitely was like, I look back and I really regret all those, like, say those injury periods where, like, I might have, you know, I probably got back because I was so focused on training, but I really wish I'd rounded myself up. I would have made the transition out of rugby way easier for me. Um, you know, so you can use these periods. Like, it all comes down to a mindset, doesn't it? And I think there's lots of good people, I think, who'll do it, who'll do well in this period. You know, they'll find, you know, I don't know, some study to do or they'll find some some other activity to learn an instrument or they learn a language or they'll do something like that. And it'll, it'll, it'll be a real, you know, they may be fixing injury that's been niggling for a while. There'll be lots of those other people, but then there'll be other people who'll be kind of cruising along in this period. And I would suggest it's a very dangerous time to do that because um, I think all the best people always find they, you know, the, there's kind of opportunity um, in, in these kind of periods where, uh, or kind of periods of unknown or, or periods of challenge, you know, what did you yeah. used to do when you were injured? Do you know, I got really focused on... Um, I used to I'm play. laughing because I'm just thinking of you and Halo. <laughs> so <laughs> I, it was funny because when Jamie was saying, right, so he was talking about the computer games, but Fortnite is the new one now. Call of Duty and Halo. Oh, God. Like, yeah. <laughs> I went through a phase of that. And honestly, the amount of time I wasted on that, I look back and I go, you absolute moron. Um, but like, that's what I did. So I used to go, I used to train really hard, um, you know, used to, to eat pretty good. And then... I literally just, I just rest and I just be on the couch playing computer games, thinking I was being productive, thinking I was like, yeah, this is good rest. This is, and like, I wouldn't go to sleep. I honestly be like up till like three and four in the morning. Like, honestly, <laughs> like that was the bit I didn't appreciate quick enough was the, uh, the, the sleep and how beneficial, like I honestly, 
I look back in that period and I was a wonder how I got back from some of those injuries considering the damage I did to myself in those periods. Honestly, I You're pretty good at Call of Duty though, man. I was pretty <laughs> I was, honestly I was I was my, my world ranking was pretty tidy actually. I don't know what I got into <laughs> the end, but I was pretty impressive. Um but I had lots of other I had lots of free time. But look, again, it's it's something if you were advising anyone uh, particularly some of the young guys who say, "Listen, make sure you use the time well." Like, yeah, look, enjoy yourself. There'll be like yeah. all the computer games and all that; are, they're unbelievable now. Like, there'd be so much fun to play if you had a few pals. But just make sure you do it in moderation, and make sure you grow during the period. Because, as I said earlier on, the best people always find these, they find opportunities in these times when everyone else is kind of cruising along. So, yeah, um, it's funny. And, like this, I, this thing could yeah. be over. Like, like, look, we, I think we just don't know enough about it. Like, I think everyone's preparing for a really bad period, and that's probably what's the base scenario but like you know if people really adhere to the social distancing and uh you know there's every chance that maybe this won't be as bad as everyone says as well i think you know um not saying that that's the the the, the highest probability outcome but it does seem from what i'm reading at the moment that you know it, look they just don't know there's lots of unknowns um in the next little period so you want to stay ready as well i think one of the things as well well that um guys might give them a taste of is potentially what it's like when um, rugby finishes. So you got to understand they're going from, unless you love it, they're, they're going from an environment where they're told, okay, this is your four-week schedule. This is what you're doing. These are the meetings you have to be at. Um, these are the windows for you to get massaged in Leinster on Leinster's time as opposed to you doing it proactively yourself. Um, you know, And you have to meet a coach, do the training. So he's kind of half there to make sure you do it. Now it's it's flipped. There's no schedule. Um, there's no one telling you, you have to. There's no one there basically watching you train, um, and it's it's all on on the player. And um, now they're still getting paid, obviously. And they came out with um, the announcement that they're 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 kind of there's various guys taking various different <clears throat> um, pay cuts, I believe, um, throughout the the, the organisation, uh, but maybe this will give them the sense of, oh, when I have to stand on my own two feet here and I have to schedule my own time and I have to kind of use it productively, what does that actually look like? As opposed, like, I mean, I, I love scheduling. I live by my schedule. And, and if it doesn't get in, get put into the diary, it doesn't happen. You, and even you've got to hit Jamie's Google calendar for, for lunch dates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to, you got a calendar invite. <laughs> well, like, that's pretty much it. Like. No, it's uh, good. Sorry, I'm always impressed by it, but it, it's like, that's pretty organized. Well, <laughs> well, if it doesn't go in there, it just doesn't happen in my own head and I'll, I'll lose track of it. But, um, it, it, I don't know. Look, guys, guys might use productively. They might not. Um, uh, you know, I always say, um, plan for the worst and hope for the best. You know what I mean? So, so plan that this is going to be a long, um, a long road uh, before there's sports back, uh, before the guys are back allowed to train together. Um, and then hopefully it'll be shorter than we all think. Mm. Um, but like, you know, that's the thing. No one, no one knows. Everyone's got to be prudent in their planning. Um, and that's why players, they, they've got to manage that load, that training load. But they also got to manage like, they should be watching like the calorie output um, in, in terms of what they're expending as energy, particularly if you can't really leave the house um, all that much under the guidance. You know what I mean? Um, so they've got to watch. So the only way to control your output there is obviously with true training, but you can't do that much at home unless you have some massive, I don't know, you have equipment there or else, you know, manage the, the, the intake in terms of the food they're having and stuff like that, which could be the difficult thing, particularly if guys didn't plan right in terms of having the right foods and stuff. 
uh, there's a lot of them that still live at home. Um, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see how, how they're able to manage, you know, um, their food intake with um, the prudence type of kind of uh, shopping that they might have to do. Yeah, and in terms of the point you make there about, you know, using this time to prepare for life after rugby and how it could be beneficial in that way, like you would have probably been one of the players who definitely during their career did put in the time off the pitch to make sure you had a couple of options when you finished. But then at the same time, your career did end quite abruptly. So did you find that the preparation actually did serve you very well or was it still a lot more difficult than you had anticipated? Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, to, to, the, the short answer is that it's still a lot more difficult than I ever thought. Um, and I think, and Luki, you could probably dovetail this answer as well, that it's, it doesn't, there's not like a, a finish line in, in when you're kind of like set up, I suppose, because like in rugby, at a certain point, you know, you're kind of, you're, you're good or you can make a living out of it, I suppose. You know what I mean? When you're a couple of years playing, you know that you can make a career out of it for a certain amount of stage and it kind of gives you a bit of a um a bit of runway i suppose of being the the, the expert and confidence in that in that field however when you kind of go transition into the business world like you're you're bottom of the totem pole and you don't know where you're starting out and, and you're you're forever chasing up in these people who have 10 15 20 years um <clears throat> head start effectively on you so it, it's it's tough to chase them um so uh, the pepper, the stuff that I did off the field while playing, it definitely potentially helped. Um, but you still have this massive uh, imposter syndrome going on. Now, that's probably a lot. I say that to a lot of people in multiple careers. And they say, well, that just doesn't end in, no matter what industry you're in. But um, I think players would be wise to use this, would be wise to look at what they were thinking about setting up, looking into it. Um, you know, if if they had the finance coming out of something like this uh, in a couple of months' time to start something or invest in something, um, might not necessarily the, the worst thing to think about um, because there's not, you know, capital is going to be tough to get your hands on. Credit is going to be tough to get your hands on for uh, companies, for SMEs, for all, all the startups. Um, and, uh, you know, rugby players could be in a position to, you know, potentially start something from the bottom up. Um you know, because they'd be one of the few industries that, that might be in a good position to have a bit of money in their back pocket. Yeah, like I think it's a really good point. Um, you know, I always kind of, people ask me this all, this all the time, you know, um, and I, I would agree with literally like everything. It's, it's not often we agree on everything, Jamie, but mm. I agree with you. And, uh, you know me, I like it all disagree um, on, on, <laughs> when, we're, when we're kind of discussing things like this. But I really agree with everything you said there, particularly around the imposter syndrome thing. Like it takes a long time to really feel like you're, you know, um, adding value. That's a long journey you have to go on um, and you have to put in a huge amount of hard work and things happen at a way slower pace in, um, in the working world. I think it's a 40, 50 year career. I think we're probably going to be yeah. having 50 year careers because everyone's going to keep going on and on. We're not going to pay. <laughs> we're going to be paying for all our parents' pensions. So we'll have well, to go for eight years and years. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, Look, leaving that aside, I, look, I, I, I kind of thought about this a while ago and I was thinking the way, the best way I could describe it, I think, is you go from, say if you're playing international rugby or even if you're playing in Leinster, we're going to say, right, or one of the provinces, you probably go from being one of, if you're a starting player or even close, to one, probably one of the best players in, in the world in your position. There's probably 10 people, maybe 20 people who 
uh, you're probably in that bracket. If you're playing international rugby, you know, there might be 10 people. There's probably five other nations that are pretty, you know, that are very competitive. You go from being one of the top 10 people doing something in the world into a business where you probably go in at the bottom rung. You might not. Um, but that was my view on it. I was like, that's such a big transition to make. Um, and you go from doing something that you've wanted to do for 10 years to trying to figure something out. So I always say the key part of it, I think, is to make sure you're totally immersed yourself, but also manage your expectations. I think people yeah. tend to, you know, someone, someone, someone said to them on the way in that you can never be great at anything unless you love it. And I agree with it to a certain extent, but part of me doesn't agree with it when you're trying to find your path. Like you, it takes a long time. Lots of people who do those things, you know, and there's also lots of mundane things you do every day in a job, but you do that in a rugby career as well. And it's easy yeah. to forget because all you think about is the big days, the things you won or the big days with, you know, the, the fun you had with the teammates, but there's lots of tough days as well. And you have yeah. those with jobs, but I think it takes a long time to figure out what you want to do. Um, and I think there's probably more scope in a 40 or 50 year career to probably make changes along the way as well. Um, so I think what you love now, you might not always love. So I just think to be aware of those things would be my view on that. Um, I'm not sure if, you know, you'd feel the same way about it, Jamie, but even will like you from, from your perspective, like, um, I mean, you know, maybe you wanted to do this. You always wanted to do this, but maybe you didn't, you know, and like, you telling me will never always didn't want to be on the left wing. Podcast. <laughs> this, this is That's a dream come true. true. Yeah. What do you think about Chris? Cause it's interesting here. So like, what would your view on that be? Like, do you think, well, the, the, will you do this forever? Do you know like exactly what you want to be doing? In well, years? Maybe if, do. if sport doesn't come back pretty soon, I don't know how much longer I'll yeah. be getting paid anyway. Uh, but what you said there, I thought was very interesting about, um, you know, going from, you know, being say like an Ireland player, or a Leinster player, you know, one of the best players in the world, and then having to go to a new career where you're going in like with like first year people who are probably like in their early twenties, and that adjustment, even for for your ego or for your mentality, it, it must be very difficult. Jamie, like I don't know if you found something similar to what Luke was explaining there when you do enter the working world and you go from being, you know, one of the the most kind of I suppose hot, you know best sports people in the country to being at the bottom of the ladder when you know like you were when you were a twenty year old player. Yeah, it's, it's, and even at 20, like, you kind of know, like, you're backing yourself to a certain degree. Um, you know, you, you get to do something that you dreamed of. I dreamed of being Simon Gagan when I was, like, eight years old. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, that never happens. Hard luck, yeah. that that's, 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 that's why I hung out in the wing so much. <laughs> um, but, you see, you know what I mean? You, you got to, you got to, you got to, you got to, do something that you dream of right and you're 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 very very lucky to do that not a lot of very very few people like we're talking one one percent maybe i don't know two percent it's a tiny percentage right of people don't get to do that they get to dream the dream all right and and you know i want to be a soccer player i want to be this guy i want to be that i want to be an astronaut i want to go to the moon whatever right very few people actually get to fulfill their dream we're lucky enough that we did so i i think when I got to go through that, what I learned was it was amazing to achieve that. But you got to remember, we we went through this. Um, I started myself and Lukey started playing in 05 professionally, uh, or oh, Luke, you were 06, weren't you? Jeez, man, I'm not, I'm not that old. Yeah. I mean, oh, oh, uh, six, oh, six, oh, six, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, forgive me, right? Um, but you got to remember the like prior prior to right now and this uh, this crisis we're going through that we the, the biggest recession we ever faced kicked off in 08, okay. And 
we went through that and a lot of my friends left, went abroad. A lot of my friends went through the recession, lost jobs, all sorts of things. And you got to see how lucky you were to go, A, go through, have, have the career that you wanted to do. Well, all these, all, all your friends had to figure it out and find jobs just to, to pay the bills, you know what I mean? Or go abroad to, to, to make a living and come back. And, and it took them a while to, to figure it out of what they wanted to do. And even people now, my peers who are like, you know, 15 years, 20 years into their career, um, don't necessarily love what they do and so the learning i took from that was okay we're really really lucky to to find that job that that ticks all the boxes for you like all the boxes pays it pays really well fulfills you kind of uh, emotionally as well like physically looks after your physical wellness your mental health well-being and you know if you went up maslow hierarchy needs you're kind of hitting the top there of self-actualization kind of point so well, I, I realized I was never going to get that when I finished, but what I, what I would try and get it is through a combination of different things, if you know what I mean. So there's a really cool philosophy called, it's Japanese philosophy called um, uh, Iki, Ikiagai. Ikiagai, oh, new one. Um, <laughs> and I think that's how you say it. I don't know. <laughs> I have to ask my sister-in-law. But um, uh, it's it basically kind of like a combination of these different circles of kind of, you know, what you love, what you're good at, um, what you, what you, like what the world needs and all this sort of stuff. Right. And, and in the middle is the sweet spot, but the basic essence of it is that you, you, you kind of, it's a combination of the different things you do in your life that will get you that sweet spot because very few things get you it. So when I finished, basically that's, I realized that yes, there's going to be things that are going to be a grind, but there are other things I was going to get enjoyment from, and it was all about trying to get that balance in act. You know, what was my priority? You know, um, what were the goals that I had in terms of setting myself up that I didn't have to worry about certain things and, and then didn't have to do other things for financial reasons, for example, or whatever it was. So um, if you're playing now, you'd like to think that guys are looking at that going, okay, okay, where do I want to be in five years' time? Where do I want to be when I finish up? You know, um, do I want a company? Do I want a house? that I live in with little to no mortgage on or, or, or whatever, you know, it, you know, what's the plan and then mapping that out and breaking it out into terms of like, okay, how do you get there? You know what I mean? Or, or, or you, maybe you, you want to figure out what career you want to get into. Okay. What are the things that you like um, that you want to be doing? You know what I mean? Is it sales? Is it um, flogging currency like Lukey? You know, what, you know, like <laughs> whatever. You know, hedging as well, Jamie. <laughs> you know is it is it is it journalism is it whatever you know what i mean um and and now is the time for them to 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 look after it but it's saying that it's a paradox when you play because you're you're in the middle of it and the game demands so much for you that you can never get the headspace it's very hard for you to get the headspace to think about it finishing you know what i mean it's hard Um, to fully commit isn't it because like i think i do think you have to be like most people you look at i think I think they're fully committed. People who are great at something are completely committed to it. They're very immersed in it. Um, you know, it's probably as much a passion as it is, you know, so I do think you have to be fully committed where, and I do think Ruby like kind of does command that from you. The good does, thing is because yeah. you do have a little bit of time outside. So I think you're right. Like, I, I think I hope we're getting to the same place where I think you do have to have the other things and you're trying to prepare yourself for those things, thinking about, look, what would I like to do that? What would I like to try? 
But I think the key part to, to remember is that you don't need to find it straight away. And there's probably a yeah. journey to yeah. go on it, isn't there? Yeah. Like, and I think it's, it was interesting to hear that. I must, have, I must read up on that. Uh, that Actually, I'll, I'll probably I'll wait for you to get the spelling or the the, uh, the pronunciation right on that before I go and look it up. But it is interesting. I'll Google the live panel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, like it, it is an interesting period to, to go through. Uh, look, I have to say, I mean, you seem to be really well prepared um, for kind of making that transition. Um, I, I have to say I was very impressed to see all the kind of um, investments you made. Also, like you were always very good with your with your money, um, saved it well and invested in things. Time will tell, Well, time, time will tell. Look, this, this, I think this will... This I'll make it up in currency. Things. Well, yeah, this is not... I, look, I know, I know a guy, um, but... Um, yeah, look, I was going to say, like, it, it is, it's a really interesting time, you know, and I'd say it'd be interesting to get your views on, you know, how you kind of sort out investment advice, um, you know. Well, that's, what, what, that part's really easy, actually, if I'm honest. Really? Um, yeah, like, well, like, I approach it like I do anything. Like, what, what did I know from team sports, right? Playing rugby is, is one of the few sports that um, I feel no one individual is a game changer in rugby. Um, you can have amazing players. But I, I, I think there's so many different moving parts and so many different skill sets in different positions needed in, in rugby that no one player can change a game completely. So even if we were playing a team with Drico, even if Drico isn't playing, you know, he doesn't make or break winning or losing a game. Um, yeah. I, in my, in my, it just, just because I think the collective is stronger than the individual in, in, in rugby. So what that taught me was, okay, you know, off the field, who are the best people in that in their skill set? Who's like who's you know who's the best prop? You know, you use that in off the field. It's like okay, who's the best uh, accountant? Who's the best investment advisor? Who's the best pension advisor? Who's the best mortgage advisor? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I, I that's how I, I that's how I approach any investment. That's how I approach uh, my life off the field. Um, it's, it's like I, I try to find the best masseuse, or trying to find the best guy stretching, trying to find the best guy who was an expert in you know, doing your blood work or your nutrition. Um, and that, that penetrated into, you know, okay, who's the best guy to talk about, um, you know, setting yourself up success financially, you know what I mean? Or setting yourself up. Was you there know. anyone that springs to mind that was kind of like very influential? Yeah, well, one of the best guys probably was um, Kieran Medler um, in, oh, he's in, B, yeah, in, he's in BDO. Really um, I've worked with Kieran for years now. Um, I know he works with a lot of different uh, sports people. Um, very on top of his game, knows exactly what he's uh, he's doing. Gives amazing advice to players in terms of their financing. Um, Damien O'Donoghue was was very good in terms of stretching my thinking in terms of approaching the um, the business and commercial side of sport. Um, you know, I'm very much looking at it like a business and I'm glad that I did because uh, when it's over, it, it flips very quickly into business-like uh, behavior when, when, uh, when the finish line is very much in front of you. Um, and yeah, and, and sometimes I, you know, sometimes I got a bit of heat for that, but like I, I actually look back at it now and go, I'm, I'm glad, you know what I mean? I'm glad I, 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 I challenge different ideas and I think a lot of different ideas need to be challenged because we, I've, I've said this many times, the game is still very, very young commercially and professionally and there's still a lot um, when it comes to contracts that um, where it's not treated like a workplace. Case in point, um, 
when it comes to the, the stuff with Alan Wynne Jones recently and Joe Marler and, and how that yeah. all panned out and Why played out. Like, I, I just thought it was fun, but like there was a there was a whole cohort of ex rugby people that were kind of supporting this. I was just thinking, like, that's absolutely crazy. Like, that's abs- is that not crazy behavior? Is that like I, I look? I sorry, I actually think he's a, he's a good bloke. It's not really. A, I just, I think he was messing, but you just have to come down hard on that. No, is that not is that not kind of? Cra- I know it's sorry. You, people comparing it to a normal workplace isn't right either because like you can't punch someone in the face and work. And you, like, you know what I mean? If if something's going wrong, and yeah, you're like that's, that's, they're not going to get a yellow card and say, "Right, yeah. we'll see you in ten minutes." It's so it's not the same. So you can't necessarily compare them. But like, what did you what did you make of that incident? I I thought World Rugby had to deal with it, and yeah. they you know they did, yeah. um, and they came down very very hard in it. Um, it's kind of like they you know I'm not saying they're the same thing. It's like how hard they're coming down a concussion. You know what I mean? They they've got to think of not professionals playing it they've got to think of like the amateurs playing it at the weekend or the underage kids playing it you know in the local community club and if if that behavior is not um you know stamped out uh then then what at the top level what what is that saying and what's the trickle down effect of that in terms of how the game looks how people approach the game how people view the game um you know and you know, in this day and age, it's 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 not acceptable. You know what I mean? Um, but like, you know, I, I I've met Joe. He seems like a nice fella, um, and I'm and I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that uh, he's he's learned from it. Um, but I think World Rugby were right to to come down tough on it. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Like, I, I feel like he's kind of a guy who, um, again, you you hate that it's kind of. Because some of this kind of stuff does happen here and there in games, but like, it, look, they just have to put the foot down. I completely agree with you. Um, in terms of the game, like, where do you see the? Because you're obviously involved quite heavily at the kind of in, I suppose, would you call it the upper echelons? Maybe in terms of maybe the player, <laughs> the player side, you know, in terms of the input from. No, you are. You were on the. Where, I'd be very. I'd be very pro. I'd be very pro the. Um, were you were you on the players', players committee? Players' perspective. Yeah, I'd be very. I'd be very pro the players' yeah. Uh, perspective. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I thought I, I thought you were on a World Rugby board or something. I, like yeah, that. I, I sit on um, the rugby committee uh, for World Rugby as a as a representative of International uh, Player Association. There you go. So upper echelon. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like it was like uh, 2005 or 2006, same thing. Um, but like, where do you see the big challenges for the game? Like in the next, call it the next 10 years. What like what are they discussing at the moment? Maybe you can't. Tell us, but where do you feel like the big challenges are for the game in terms of growing? Yeah, look, I, I can't get into the details of it all, right? But I think um, the here and now would very much be, um, you know, how they how they manage everything around the high tackle scenario, um, you know, in terms of, you know, bringing the players on that journey and, and, and making sure the players are involved in that process of how they're going to... Um, ref this, rule this, decide on this. Because at, at the center of it, like player welfare is very much at the center of it. And that's good. Okay. So the idea of that is good is looking after players, you know, and trying to reduce concussions. But as we saw from the World Cup, um, the way some of the rulings were going, it wasn't exactly um, giving, uh, sometimes it wasn't put in context in this, in this situation, I thought. 
um, in, in different tackle uh, scenarios. I think that's very much, that whole conversation is very much to here and the now. Uh, longer term, I think trying to grow the game uh, globally is going to be a challenge. Um, we need to look at how we get uh, males and females involved in the sport uh, more and more and more. The 15s game um, globally uh, you know, needs to grow and uh, we can use different things like the seven circuit as well. We need to grow out that game because that's a vital touch point. I know they started a, like a tens series there in London last year um, when they did it. And I think they did it in the O2, I think. I'm not too sure. not too sure. About know, maybe you, about that. I think, Will, you could fact check me on that yeah, one. But, um, <laughs> <He'll know. laughs> but uh, they, need, they need to grow out that, the, the, the base of the game, essentially. Um, you know, and it was quite interesting seeing, I thought, uh, at the end of the World Cup, from an Irish perspective, this is, um, and this is just me kind of throwing, this is no one else's kind of point of view, but um, that there was a, there was a, a big lashback against um, the Ireland team after they got knocked out in the quarterfinal. And what became very clear was a, a, a very much a, a disconnect between, um, between people who are kind of following the team and people who very clearly weren't. And um, I don't know if that's down to the fact that they they haven't done a good enough job trying to grow it into communities around Ireland, um, or grow it into new clubs and bring new clubs through in different areas. Um, but there was very much a disconnect, which was which which was which was um, you know kind of caught me off guard definitely because maybe you know because I'm I'm a supporter of the game I didn't realise but. Um, and maybe, I don't know, if it was everyone got carried away with the hype and everyone was just jumping on board, but the minute it turned around, um, you know, there was a lot of people who were were kind of, you know, not, felt like the team didn't represent them. Mm. That surprised you? It did. It caught me off guard. Um, I don't know if that was the sense you felt, Will. Uh, you would have, I don't know, you would have, you would have seen a lot of it from, from, um, from the riders' perspective. Yeah, well, there's definitely a cohort of kind of sports fans in the country that, you know, never really were kind of never really too happy when the team was doing well. And when they were doing badly, they were they were happy to kick them when they were down. Definitely just kind of a maybe I wouldn't say a split in, in Irish sporting fans, but there's definitely a cohort of fans who aren't massively into rugby and don't really like the, the hype around the team in general. And that kind of came out after the World Cup, I thought. Yeah, it's just an interesting, um, you know, take you know to to kind of go okay well how, how do we how do we grow that community um how, how do we grow that involvement um you know uh, from from an underage all the way through you know um like the GA are doing an amazing job an amazing job of growing their communities and growing their community clubs and maybe that's something we have to look at um as, as people involved in, in in rugby now I'd never want to draw bat lines between various different sports because I, and I'm sure Lukey's going to say the same thing as me. I believe that when you're a young kid, play absolutely everything. Play ga, hurling, soccer. When the Olympics are on outside, pretend you're, like I used to pretend I was Sonia Sullivan. You know what I mean? When, you know, when Jesus the cycling is on. Simon Gagan, Sonia Sullivan, talk about aiming high. I'm telling you, man. I used, <laughs> you think I was Andre Agassi as well at one stage. But, you know, um, you know what I mean? I, I'd be a big advocate of, of play everything. Play absolutely everything. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's something that maybe they have to consider going forward. Mm. 
And just to, in terms of your own career to go back, I know we haven't really talked much about your playing career and, and you know, I says you have so much going on off the field that I guess it's, it's easy to focus on that. But do you actually miss playing rugby, being, you know, playing professional rugby, being, you know, in that environment? You seem to have moved on pretty, pretty well in terms of, oh, yeah. you know, but do you actually, do you actually miss you know, playing the sport? Um, so, I mean, this in the nicest way possible. Um, I had an unbelievable run. Like, yeah, like I, uh, I'd relatively, barely a knock and bang here and there. Like, I was grand for, I don't know, when the, like, in my first, technically my first game for Leinster, I think I was like 20, 19 or 20. You know what I mean? So, from there till, what age was I when I finished? 34. Um, no injuries, really, right? So, I had a good run. I made most teams. Didn't really get dropped a whole lot. Um, was part of some amazing coaches and amazing teams. So, uh, you know, I had a lot of amazing success. And, you know, I'm kind of very, very grateful for it. So when you ask me, do you miss it? I kind of go, not really, because I'm quite grateful for what I had. And I think if you try and um, replicate that feeling of, of playing or running out into the field, you're never going to get it again. You're going to just keep chasing, chasing it. You know what I mean? Um, so be grateful for what you had. Um, but like, like I just kind of move forward and look back and it with fond memories. But you know, as or, you know, if, if you look through my office now, there is literally I've one thing, two things in my office that are are, are rugby related. Um, I will have three because I finally get all my caps framed up. But that's it. I have no jerseys, um, no pictures. Um, up anywhere I don't think so um, and I don't in the house um, you know they're good times but uh, it's an interesting um, time like look, looking back and things you get asked about it a lot but I mean it was an unbelievable career like any any um, any highlights uh, Lions tours anything like that um, it's a what, what do you think like... back on when you think back on your career right because like you move on you move forward I feel like we'd be similar enough mindset in that respect Um. When you think back on it, what do you think back on and go, geez, that was great. That was good fun. Uh, like, there's certain moments. That, that, like, the 2009 year was that period, that period from, like, um, March to end of that Lions tour was, there were some of the craziest months I've ever. And you nearly <laughs> missed that, you nearly missed that, uh, that plane after the <laughs> final. <laughs> Save your bacon. <laughs> Thank you for your patience knocking on my front door. You want me three door. caps? You want me three caps? <laughs> yeah, I uh, I celebrated a little bit too hard into the night, Will, and, and, and was a little bit tired in the morning when they were hanging on the door at six in the morning trying to, to pick me up the room to the airport. Um, uh, couldn't leave you. I should have left you. <laughs> I'll never forget, like, when we when we turned up, Ian McGeek and was like, uh, I was, I was, abs- I was, I think I was still drunk. <laughs> um, and Ian McGeekin was just like I was shitting it because like oh my god I'm all over the place here and he was like I'm glad you turned up like that because if you hadn't and you hadn't celebrated the night before I would have been worried because you're probably going <laughs> to blow the hinges off at the minute we land in South Africa so he was kind of glad I did and I was like phew okay um, but I think I, I think at that that time I think of I think it's 2011 um, when we won in, um, in against Northampton and, I, and a, a particular moment when we, we had the cup in the middle and we were all in a circle around it. No one was actually touching the cup and it was just 
that group that had been through like no, everyone wrote us off at half time like and no one like that group got us we got through that and um, it was a pretty special moment and then we went kicked on to the following year um uh were you in Cheltenham with us Lukey or you, no, you no <laughs> yeah I was injured I got injured you're injured just, yeah yeah <laughs> so, I can't believe it I was injured imagine that <laughs> <laughs> we had a moment where we we obviously we beat Ulster in the in the in the final, and we were going on tour to, um probably New Zealand because we always seemed to go down to New Zealand at that time, and because we we hadn't really celebrated that night because it, it all happened so quickly. But anyway, the lads were playing the Barbarians in Cheltenham, and we went out the night before the game. The guy, basically the Lancer guys, who weren't um who weren't there and it was just a few of us there was like 10 of us whatever it was in a bar and the bar was actually empty but like the barmen were having so much crack with us that they, they basically closed the doors and uh, one of their mates came over he's put on he got up behind the dj deck and just started banging out tunes just the 10 of us having the night of our life known red and had, had had his first kid so we were almost kind of like wetting the baby's head as well <laughs> so um well we use it as an excuse um, <laughs> yeah. um but like that was that was another special moment. And, and like, it's only when you think back, you think of these, these kind of unique um, times and experiences that, that you had and you forget about half of them as well. You forget about the random people that you met along the way or like kind of uh, famous or infamous people that you met along the way. But um, yeah, I, 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 I just had a, a lot of, a lot of good memories. Um, yeah. Yeah, do, do you think it's important to move on then? As you said, like when I asked you if you if you miss it, and you said you know you're grateful for the success. Do you think as a sports for a sports person in general, when it's over, it's important to actually park it and move on, and not kind of be looking back or 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 like longing for the days when you were running out in front of a crowd? Uh, personally, I think it's a dangerous thing to do, um, because I think that's where guys will have kind of um, battles mentally with themselves, um, because you're you're like you're going to be very very lucky if you can replicate that feeling again right like running out in front of tens of thousands of people with millions of others watching um is a pretty unique thing and, and i don't know anything about maybe politics that you would you know you would you would be doing that um so um, I, I don't know. I, 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 I can't afford to kind of look back and think, oh, that was amazing. I wish that would happen again because it, like, I don't think it's going to happen again. So I get my, you know, I kind of focus on, you know, three things now. I used to have to use these Olympic rings analogy. I think I talked about it with you guys before, but now it's kind of like three rings right now where it's like, you know, um, career, uh, relationships. And then I, I kind of circle as like self. But what that means is like, your physical health, your mental health, your well-being. I kind of bung that all into into one to make sure like you're operating the best so that, you know, everything else can, you can operate well and everything else, be it your career or the different relationships that you have. And, and I think that's the key thing that as well that you realize when you step out of the bubble that, um, yeah, everyone thinks that you're all going to be best mates for forever. Um, all the guys in the change room. But I think, yeah, uh, yeah don't cry Lukey um <laughs> but I mean there's there's people you get along well with and it's it's like any work that's where you, you realize it's the workplace there's guys that you get on very well with and they're they're good people um there's guys who you don't get on well with but you're all pointed in the same direction and you're all kind of get along and then there's then there's guys who you become really good mates with and they're the guys who you know for me anyway it'll be a handful of, there's a handful of them that I stay in touch with um 
actively, you know, um, and it's it's that's just kind of the way it goes, I suppose. Mm. Well, I really appreciate you joining us during a coronavirus lockdown and giving us <laughs> an interesting insight into your career on and off the pitch, Jamie. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. No, thanks for having me, guys. Um, is is this is it? Am I the first guest to be on the Zoom call, which is? First, first guest in Zoom, Zoom. Yeah, listen, thanks a million. I know uh, you're you're busy out there with new young family. Tell uh, the Mrs. Sheena that I said hello. It's been a while yeah. since, uh, and it probably will be a while before we see each other again, actually. Um, yeah, 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 but listen, yeah. keep the head down. This is uh, pretty tricky times. But listen here, though, I just wanted to say thanks a million because I know you're really busy. Uh, it means a lot to, to, that you come on. I've been chasing you for, for a while. I know you're a busy man, but... Um, that's all good. Um, it it means good. a lot coming on, and it was great to hear. I mean, like, so uh, you're obviously still putting in a huge amount of thought into getting the best out of yourself. That much is very ah, clear. So you got to figure it out. You got to figure it out somehow, don't you? You do. It's, and it's, I, don't, I don't think it stops. But um, look, thanks a million. Really appreciate Cheers. it. Thanks, Jamie. No worries, lads. Take care. That's all we have time for this week on The Left Wing. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another podcast. And in the meantime, you can listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on independent.ie. So until next week, thank you for listening and goodbye.